Inside Sources. Inside Sources. America's voice of reason. Boyd Matheson on Utah's home for elevated conversation. Inside Sources on KSL News Radio. As we continue to look at our very polarized and often poisonous politics in this country, as we've been talking on this show uh, for years now, going back to 2020, we've been talking about disagreeing differently, disagreeing better, disagreeing respectfully, and getting to an elevated, different kind of conversation. Well, last night in our nation's capital, that was put to the test in a new way. You had a Republican and a Democrat, both governors, uh, along with some politicos like Donna Brazil and uh, Kennedy clan uh, Tim Shriver, an activist, along with a host of others, uh, walked into the National Cathedral last night and started a conversation that I think should change the conversation when it comes to how we disagree in the country. Let's begin. Think you know the news of the day? Think again with Boyd Matheson on KSL News Radio. Last night was a fascinating event in the National Cathedral, a historic and majestic place to hold any kind of event. Uh, and big kudos uh, to friend of the show and former D.C. Circuit Judge uh, Thomas Griffith, uh, who was really the driving force uh, in bringing all of these people together. And uh, it was noted several times during the course of the evening that the reason everyone showed up was because Judge Griffith asked them to. Uh, that speaks volumes in terms of the relationships that he has developed across the political spectrum uh, and into so many places to help change the dialogue in the country. The event was a really unique uh, partnership with the Wheatley Institute at Brigham Young University, Wesley Theological Seminary, and of course it was sponsored uh, by Deseret Magazine. And uh, Governor Cox and the governor of the state of Maryland, Wes Moore, Uh, really kicked things off with a a fascinating conversation back and forth as the two talked about things that were working, things that they were worried about in their respective states and in the country, and how whether it was uh, Governor Moore looking at it from a more Democratic perspective or or Governor Cox looking at it uh, from the political right, how the models of conversation can bring us to a different place in the conversation. So uh, let's start with the the governor of Maryland, Wes Moore. Again, they're sitting in this majestic national cathedral uh, last night. And uh, Wes Moore began, Governor Moore began by describing why uh, he was part of this conversation and initiative. I don't believe, I, I, you can't claim to love the country if you hate half of the people in it. And so the idea of disagree better, the idea of being able to say, we actually have an opportunity to have genuine debates and disagreements that we're not going to, you know, there are things that we fundamentally disagree on and that's okay. Yet at the same time, how we do it, how we engage, how we choose to work together, that matters because it still comes down to, do you see and understand the humanity of the person that is sitting next to you? Uh, During the discussion, Governor Moore complimented Utah on some very uh, interesting components. He said uh, everything from the lowest child poverty rate in the country, uh, something that he's trying to do and change in the state of Maryland. Uh, Governor Cox talked about uh, how these kinds of things get achieved in the state and how the uh, private efforts uh, are really essential, not just government, in terms of creating resilient communities. 
I tell companies when they re relocate to Utah and we give them you know, a tax incentive to do that, a post-performance tax incentive, um, I, I say this, look, we're excited. We want you to come to Utah, but you need to know something. If you're coming here, uh, you have a duty to give back and we expect you to give back. In fact, I, I released an executive order um, just last year that requires every company uh, who gets a tax incentive in Utah, they're required now to give volunteer hours in their community if they want that tax incentive. They have to give back. Uh, for the very reasons that you mentioned, we know that that builds community, it solves problems, and it depolarizes our country. That was a really interesting point for me during the course of the conversation was how both of these governors talked about what happens when we come together in service. When you do service in the community, the polarization goes down. Why? Because if you're standing shoulder to shoulder with somebody with a shovel or working at a food pantry or a soup kitchen, uh, when you're doing that kind of work together, uh, nobody's asking who you voted for for president. No one's uh, debating whatever the, the hot social topic is uh, of the day. Uh, you're doing things that make a difference, and so that polarization goes down. Uh, the, Mar the Maryland governor, Wes Moore, uh, he actually passed a bill uh, in the state of Maryland that guaranteed service opportunities for young people, for students. And he talked about why this is such a high priority in his state. And there was a few big reasons why we were working to prioritize it. One is I'm a big believer in experiential learning. And particularly for our young people, if you give them an opportunity to find that thing that can help to explore their interests, and give them a pathway to do it, it's not just going to change them. It'll change the trajectory of their family. So important, that uh, change of trajectory. And I love the fact that they were talking about some real policy initiatives uh, that are good public policy, but also have this added benefit of bringing people together and diffusing some of the politics-as-usual stuff that we're all exhausted and exasperated by. Now, the governor of Maryland uh, went a little deeper on this whole idea of service, saying that the generation of young people who learn how to serve together, they're the ones who are actually going to save the country and re-strengthen our society. Service is sticky, and those who serve together will stay together. And in this time of political divisiveness and political vitriol, and where people seem to care more about where the idea come from than is it a good idea, I believe that service will save us. Service will save our society. Because if we can be a state that gets to know each other again, if we can be a state that serves together, if we can be a state where people find an opportunity to explore different parts of the state that they did not know about, or meet people that they had not, they would have never had the opportunity to get to know, it'll change their perspective about what is their contribution and what is the potential contribution of the person on the other side of town. I love that. Service is sticky. Uh, it does create sticky relationships and connections that form that connective tissue that we have to have to have strong communities and strong countries. And, and so it all begins with that. And it will start with those young people. So I love that both our governor, Spencer Cox, and also the governor of Maryland, Wes Moore, uh, are talking about interesting ways that the byproduct of this kind of good policy is that it actually helps build society and breaks down some of those barriers, breaks down a lot of the misunderstandings, gets rid of a lot of the contempt and hate and anger and frustration, uh, because that's the thing that brings us together. It's sticky. Service is sticky. 
and that's why we do need that if we're going to stick together as a country. Well, we're going to stay with the conversation from last night. Again, it was an extraordinary event taking place at the National Cathedral in our nation's capital, uh, really brought together uh, by our good friend uh, Judge Thomas Griffith uh, and those at the Wheatley Institute, along with Wesley Theological Seminary, uh, sponsored by Deseret Magazine. And we're going to stay with that conversation because I think it matters. And when we come back, we're going to get into some of the exchange with ABC's Donna Brazil, longtime Democratic strategist Tim Shriver, uh, of course, uh, who's been a, an activist, part of the Dignity End Index and a host of other things, uh, along with some other great thinkers who are trying to help all of us change the course and the context of our conversations, not just in our nation's capital, but across the country. We'll be right back. Think again on Inside Sources with Boyd Matheson. Get deeper insights on the news from Inside Sources. We're staying with the conversation from an important conversation that took place at the National Cathedral in our nation's capital last night. It was titled, With Malice Toward None and With Charity for All. As we mentioned before, it was uh, really navigated and orchestrated uh, by a good friend of the show, uh, former D.C. Circuit Court Judge uh, Thomas Griffith, uh, brought together an amazing group, including the governor of the state of Utah, Spencer Cox, the governor of Maryland, Democrat Wes Moore, uh, along with uh, just an amazing group of panelists that we're going to get to in just a second. Uh, I'm actually going to have a, a deep dive conversation with uh, Judge Thomas uh, coming up for uh, Sunday edition on KSL TV. You can check that out 9 a.m. on Sunday. We'll do a deep dive on the whole conversation and behind the scenes conversations from uh, the event with Malice Toward None and Charity for All. Uh, so I want to get into some of these other panelists and uh, what they had to add to this conversation because uh, I found it uh, very fascinating last night and very informative in terms of where we are and how we can do this a little bit different. One of those on the panel there at the National Cathedral was Dr. Ruth uh, Okedeji, a Harvard Law professor, and uh, Governor Cox interviewed her as part of this panel discussion, and she talked about the importance of older generations and their role to make sure they lead the way to show the younger people that today's current political climate is not the way things have always been. I think it's really important for us, and certainly our generation, you've made this point, that if we don't model what it means to love your enemies, to love your neighbors, to be your brother's keeper, your sister's keeper, that we are raising a generation that will not know anything but the current political moment as the norm. And that's a problem. When I speak to my students, I don't speak to them about covering their disagreements or even hiding who they are. But I tell them that their ability to honor the dignity of every person that they encounter requires them to develop the art of listening to what the other person has to say. I love that honoring the dignity of the other person in your conversation, especially if it's a disagreement. You don't have to agree with them, but you have to honor the dignity, even the divinity uh, that is in that other person. Dr. Ruth Akedeji, again, Harvard Law professor, she went on to talk about strategies and some of the topics she uses with her students there at Harvard to promote disagreement while fostering the kind of humility 
that leads to compassion in our conversations. When we hear from one another, I, I, I quote to them all the time about iron sharpens iron. And when you teach in a competitive environment, anything that gets them to be better is always a win. And I encourage them that your best arguments come not from practicing or thinking or regurgitating the things that you already know and believe, but by hearing a perspective that you may be too blind to see. And that not only produces humility, but it also produces a capacity for compassion. And I think humility and compassion are essential to our capacity to improve and to really bring about a revival in our political system today. One of the most delightful segments of the program at the National Cathedral last night uh, was when former chairwoman of the Democratic National Committee, uh, Donna Brazil, uh, you recognize her. She's been a longtime political commentator. She was a campaign manager for Al Gore in his presidential run. Uh, and then she developed this fascinating, uh, important relationship with George Bush uh, after Hurricane Katrina. Uh, so I want you to listen carefully. This was just a delightful segment of the the event last night at the, the National Cathedral, and it gave me some really interesting insight into what really makes Donna Brazil tick and why thick relationships that come from serving together really do matter in this country and transcend our politics. And so I found myself in a position where I knew people in the Bush administration and rather than go on national TV and offer criticisms, I went on national TV and I basically said, Mr. President, how can I help you? And I had no idea that for over three years I would sit in Bush White House more than I had ever sat in Bill Clinton's White House. I was a kid who could go to President Bush and say, we need to fix the levees and rebuild the schools and bring people back home. And to this day, he's, he calls me one of the most expensive dates that ever came through the White House. <laughs> and I call him my president. On the 10th anniversary of Hurricane Katrina, I flew down to Louisiana on Air Force One. President Obama said, are you coming with me? I said, yes, sir. I'm going to start the morning off with you in the Ninth Ward in downtown. And then I'm going to welcome President and Mrs. Bush to my hometown. And they came. Nobody booed. We played the music. The president did his best dance. <laughs> and I look forward, if God allows me, during the 20th anniversary of Hurricane Katrina next year, to bring both my presidents back home because we've made a lot of progress. As former uh, chairwoman of the Democratic National Committee, Donna Brazil, uh, and a lot of people recognize her uh, as someone who's been involved in a lot of really tough political conversations over the years, uh, particularly on cable news. Uh, but I think it's so important that we go back and we recognize that. Uh, I love the fact that Donna Brazil pointed out that even though uh, she'd been part of the Democratic machine for so many years, that she ended up, after Hurricane Katrina, spending more time in the George W. Bush White House uh, than she did when Bill Clinton was in the White House. And they had this friendship. They had this connection. Why? Because they served together, because they were both focused on Louisiana and the people of Louisiana. And what could they do together? What could they do together to make it better and to make a difference for the citizens, not for the politicians, not for the parties, but for the people 
Uh, that's a great model. Uh, and I love the way she framed that in the context of the, the anniversary, the 10th anniversary, uh, that she was there uh, both with the Obamas and with the Bushes. Uh, and uh, hopefully that will happen again. But those are the kinds of friendships that we don't hear nearly enough about in our divisive political realms. But those are the kinds of friendships that change the nation because they change individuals. Uh, I want to go to uh, some comments from our, our friend Tim Shriver, also a good friend of the show. Uh, he's uh, spoken a lot about the Dignity Index and their organization uh, with Ignite. And uh, he talked about some of the things, and this was a really interesting component to me. Of course, in his family, growing up in the Kennedy household, everything was about politics, a lot of conversations about politics. But they could see the people in the midst of that. Both Governor Cox uh, and Governor Moore talked about growing up in kind of non-political families where they they didn't know the politics of their neighbors or those in their community. Uh, But how all of that, it's how we see the people, not the political parties that can make the big difference. It's not just a background noise question. It's not just a, a relationship issue. It's a new issue that is blocking the actual fabric of the country, stopping us from solving problems, dividing our families. You'll see data in a few days. Over 30% of Americans have ended a relationship in their own family as a function of political contempt and, and demonization. It's not that they disagree. It's that they demonize the person they disagree with. Again, just a, an extraordinary event. If you've missed that, you can actually go online. Just go to the National Cathedral YouTube channel. And you can check out this forum with malice toward none, with charity for all. Again, uh, Governor Spencer Cox uh, playing a lead role last night in that forum and that discussion with his Democratic colleague, Governor of Maryland, Wes Moore, uh, along with Donna Brazil, uh, Rachel Brand, uh, legal scholar Ruth uh, Okedeji that we just listened to from Harvard, along with Tim Shriver, friend of the show. Uh, all of that coming together for a different kind of conversation and a very Utah model being taken to our nation's capital with the Wheatley Institute from Brigham Young University, Wesley Theological Seminary uh, coming together as part of that. Uh, And a great thing and a great place. Uh, It is such a majestic setting to have that kind of conversation. We need to replicate that. We need to duplicate that across the country because if we celebrate those kind of conversations, I guarantee you we're going to get more of them and that'll be good for the country. All right, we'll step aside for some bottom of the hour news. More inside sources coming up next right here on KSL News Radio.